Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Get Clean Podcast. I'm your host, Khalil Sharad, and this is episode 51. In this episode, I will be interviewing Ronnie Batiato. I probably butched it. Eh, it may have been good. Uh, he's the owner and head performance coach at Batty Performance uh, in uh, Chicago. So I hope you guys enjoy, and let's get clean. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, it's going good. Yes, sir. Sorry about that. You good? Nah, sometimes this app, bro, I'll be terrible. <laughs> I was I was getting it, but I don't know if I maybe I just got the text too late or what, but it wouldn't let me out. No, it does that sometimes. I, I I can't even like explain it. Most of the time, it's like, oh, I just gotta like restart the app. Sometimes I gotta send it multiple times. Like, yeah, it ain't nothing about what you're doing. It's just like that's just how it is. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make sure you knew I was still here. Can't yeah. How you doing on this Sunday? Doing good, man. Sunday's the day to just uh, clean up, program, and organize. So just got the gym all set for tomorrow. Oh, okay. Is it just you? Yeah, uh, me and my wife. My my wife helps out. She does uh, – she trains in fitness and group fitness. So. Ah. Nice. So that that's actually me and my girlfriend who will eventually be my wife's same plan. Okay. We eventually have our own gym, and she does, like, so she's about to finish her master's in psychology and exercise science, and she's, like, all the nutrition and, like, the physique side. So, yeah. like, my diet, any of my people that actually need to lose weight, she handles all that, and she's good with also, like, managing. So, like, the plan is, like, she kind of does that, the, the, the group and adult stuff, and then I just do all the team sports and powerlifting. I, I don't want to do anything else. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. <laughs> Um, I haven't met anybody like that. I'm like, that's, that feels like the best way because I feel like all the other coaches that like, we both know, like Bird and Jared, like they got to do the whole, they got to run the whole gym, do every, you know, manage everything. And, but it's like, if you can split it in house and you ain't got to like pay this person, you know what I mean? Like you're keeping it all house. Like, Hey, that's the way to do it right there. Oh yeah. Yeah. For the first two years, it was just me. But then when she came over, it was way easier. Then you could just focus on your your job, and that's it. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the way to go. How did you guys uh, meet? Oh, we met in college. And then okay. we just been – we both got injured through college, and that's kind of how we both uh, came into, like, training, just trying to get back to our sport. And then after college, we just kind of stuck with it. What sport did you guys play? I played football, and then she uh, was softball. Oh, okay. Um. Well, start off by telling everybody your name, what you do, and all that. All right. So, uh, my name's Ronnie Badiato. I am the owner and head coach here at Body Performance in Orland Park, Illinois. Um, we mostly focus on personal training and sport performance. And then my wife, she does an adult strength class called Strong Her. Um, and it's like a group fitness class. Just trying to get women to not be afraid of the weights and understand that the weights are what's going to shape the body and actually make you look good, not running your muscle off on the treadmill all day. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, and wait, where are you guys located again, you said? We're in Orland Park, so a little bit south of Chicago. Oh, uh, okay, so you know the Chicago guy. Do you, do you know Jacob Ross? Uh, I know, yeah, I know who he is because he's in, like, downtown, right? <laughs> hey, <laughs> shit, don't ask me. I don't know him personally, but I know who he is. He is, yeah. Okay. I was wondering because that's, that's, that's my guy. And then – um. Do you know Christoph, the guys who own uh, Conjugate Lab or run Conjugate Lab? Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. 
yeah, yeah they, it, you uh was working at a, one of the schools for a little while i think yeah and yeah. then just started conjugate lab yeah yeah and then like uh so what sports do you guys mainly uh attract at your place um we don't really niche down too much i believe like so for just to be an athlete you have to be strong fast and explosive so really we try to draw in just a wide variety of athletes and, right. and just get them as strong and explosive as we can because I, I believe it's just going to be over into every sport. Mm-hmm. I, but I mean, so like, um, like what are the the most that you get in there? You know, because like I have almost one from, you know, the general sports, but then like right. depending on the area, you know, hey, you may only get baseball, you know, like, or you might only get football. Like what do you, what do you primarily deal with? If, for, if there is a guy is there sports, a it's split probably 50-50 with baseball um, and football. And then mm-hmm. for girls, it's all over. Or we do get a good amount of hockey guys, too. But for, hockey, for girls, wow, okay. we get softball um, and volleyball for the most part. Some soccer here and there, but most mostly volleyball, honestly. Okay. Um, and then how did you get started, like, before you opened your own place? Like, how did you get started? Um, my wife, she was a personal trainer at just like a, like a box gym, like at Anytime Fitness. Mm-hmm. Um, and when she was, she was training this older gentleman who had a kid who was like eight. And that's when I was just getting into like conjugate, but only programming it for myself. I, I wasn't training anyone. Okay. And she told him that I could train the son. So I was sneaking him into like one of the public gyms for a little while and mm-hmm. training him for hockey. Um, and then that grew into like four people I trained out of my mom's garage for a little bit. And then slowly we just kept kept going. How did you get introduced to Conjugate first? Um, Strong Eight. I saw them. They they posted a lot at the time, like right around when I injured my ankle. Uh, mm-hmm. And I just saw some of the stuff they were doing with like back squats and jumping, and I really liked that. And some of the posts he had stuff about West Side. So I just slowly started reading some of the books and a lot of the articles that they have. Okay. Um, and how were you training before, block or linear? Uh, just random, whatever, like uh, really just following like whatever our college or uh, coach would give us for like the summer off season program. And that was kind of all over the place. It, mm-hmm. It's messed up. So <laughs> it, it wasn't great. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's what we, that's what we all deal, dealt with. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so what, do, what's kind of like the differences that between you when you're training your football kids and your baseball kids, and then later on, go into your softball versus what was it, volleyball for girls? Yeah, yep. Yeah, could you yeah to explain about that? Like, what what's some of the differences that you see, like the demands of the sport and how you train those kids a little bit different? Um, baseball and and football, there's not a huge difference um, mm. because either one of those sports, you're not really running for like an right. extended amount of time. Right. So yeah. really, just getting them as strong and as explosive as we can. A lot of match effort work. A lot of the kids I get in. They, they don't know how to strain or, like, force the body at all. Right. Um, but for my volleyball girls, it's a little bit different. Almost more of, like, a Jared Biddy style, more, like, of a rep method almost instead of – That's what I do, too. I, I, they, yeah. Um, I've just seen better results doing almost, like, either, like, a 5 by 3 or a 5 by 5 on squat. That's with, like, mm-hmm. the Tendo unit on it, though, so they're yep. still – each rep's almost like a max, but they get more it's out like of that strength than speed. just straining. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen – they don't push it hard enough for, like, a one rep, whereas my yeah. football guys, they'll put on 500 pounds on a 
high box squat or something and, and love it, but the, the girls won't do that for volleyball. Yeah. I think, I think also some of your girls or how long you get them, I feel like with their population, probably I would say even more than, a, you know, a softball, you gotta, you need a lot of time for them in the weight room before they like can get comfortable with the heavy, heavy weight or whatever their max is or whatever. Cause you could, I feel like with them, you can see that, yeah, you got like 40 pounds left in you, but they like get scared and shit, you know? So it's like, yeah, their mind better off yeah. way before yeah. their body. Like, <laughs> yeah, <crazy>. yeah. <laughs> um, and then, um, so with the with the volleyball and the softball, what are the difference between the softball and the and the volleyball? Mm, that's a good question. So um, for volleyball, we do do a little bit of hex bar as like we'll we'll throw that in the mix just because it's okay. a, a little more natural of like a stance for them. I feel like right. Um, and the volleyball girls I have too, I need them like more twitchy kind of. Mm-hmm. So we do more almost like hurdle hops or depth drops even like five yard sprints. Whereas my softball girls, I'm trying to drive their deadlift up as much as possible. And that might be like the high rack pool, whatever it is until that they're able to strain. And then with them too, I run them outside a lot more than I run my volleyball girls. My volleyball girls might do like five, maybe a 10 yard sprint, but the softball girls, I'll have them outside running like a 30 yard lead up into a 10 yard fly or something. I was uh, so we only have thirty yards in our facility, and we don't have an outdoor space, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But I was so I'll do five ten five with them sometimes with the volleyball, but mostly ten yard. Rarely do the twenty yard because yeah, they don't run. After going to a few games, I'm like, yeah, y'all don't run fucking at all. But right. <laughs> with the um, I was wondering, I was like, five is like literally specific, specific. I'm like, should I do that more? Because you see, if you ever go to them games, you see them like, how the like hell did you step. miss diving for the ball? I'm like, I don't get how you did. And it's like, ooh, maybe the five yard will be good, but it's so short. But now that you say it, I think now there's another record for me to have One them break thing, now. <laughs> like, do you, have you heard of uh, Top Speed? I think they're out in Kansas. No, no. So those guys are legit. But so one one thing I kind of took away from a post that they had, They'll actually have them do like a hurdle hop, like a high hurdle hop, land okay. on their pack, and then go five yards. And but not time, that. just just time. so like the hurdle hop will be as you're jumping through it, that will trigger the laser. And when you land, you got to get through the laser, basically. Um, Whoa, wait. What my- what laser system? Because I'm trying to picture that. So what I is- have we got like the Tendo laser, but I'm sure any system oh. will work. But you'll put the basically the hurdle hop right where they would start if they were doing like a sprint right right but they'll start right behind it so as they jump over and they're going like through it or over it the laser will trigger now when they land they have to react very quickly and distribute that force to get through that five yards because like i we have the damn it what is it called the bow the bow bower we have the bower system so you have the box and then the laser. So you have to put your hand or your foot by the box. So would I put the foot, like put their foot beside the hurdle and the box? So then as soon as they jump, it would start it. Is that how you would do it? Yeah, you would have yeah. to. That one. Yeah. Like I set it up so when they're in the air, it like triggers. And then when they yeah. go. But yeah, see, I can't do that. <laughs> as long as you set it up to a time the same every time, I don't think it right. would matter. It right, just right, forces right. them to like, as soon as they land, they got to go. Because for volleyball, like. This girl I'm training right now, she was in yesterday. Her big problem is, like, 
she has to come up forward so quick and then just stop to to dig the ball or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So this helps her learn. Like she's fast and she she just hit a almost just missed a fifty inch box jump. So she's fairly explosive, but she can't standing or run like absorb running. But she running. can't learn to absorb like. Yeah, yeah. That's been been big for her, but. And then how much, uh, like, reactive jumps do you do? Do you do more maximal jumps, or do you do, you do reactive jumps as well? Mostly, the only time they get any type of, like, reactive work in, really, is if I'm doing, like, having them drop off, like, a 12, 18, or 24-inch box and then go for, like, max height. Okay. So we, okay. Or sometimes when they're running, when, like, I'm, so we don't have a ton of space outside and being in Chicago, like, around this time. Going and going forward, it's kind of too shitty outside to run outside. It's too wet and right. then the snow. So we ha- and we only have uh, twenty yards of turf inside. So right. once their once their ten yards aren't improving much, we'll do like hurdle hops for um, for speed through the lasers. Um, but that I do maybe every like two months. Okay. Um, now you're you're a bird sports performance certified guy, right? Yes. Yeah, because I, I believe when I took mine, I think Bert was talking to you about you. That's why I, I don't, bro. I kept forgetting to have you on. I don't know why, but I kept. I'm like, I'm supposed to interview. I kept on like, I'm supposed to fucking interview somebody or ask somebody to be on, and I keep forgetting. And then now I got it. So, um, but with your jumps, do you lay it out like how he did, where you do kind of your no step, one step Monday, your broader depth jumps on the, you know, we're talking max effort lower and then Friday, your dynamic. And then like Wednesday and Saturday, maybe like reactive stuff or just like filler jumps, or do you kind of randomize it? Like how close are you to that? You know, the only it's in between. So I randomize it because I'll, most of the time, the best and fastest progress I saw is when I had three different types of jumps in, in like the same day, <laughs> three to four times a week. When I try okay. to do, okay, today we're dumbbell jumping, tomorrow box jump, broad jump, hurdle hop, they, for whatever reason, I don't get, like, the same effort out of the kids almost. Yes, but when it's okay, random, yeah. they might have a super shitty day on the dumbbell jumps. We'll go and squat, and then we come over and do, like, a hurdle hop to a vertical, and they might PR on that. So so you won't write – are you saying you're not writing down the jump, jump to make it random, or do you have it – where it's just multiple jumps, but the style of jump may change on the day. Like that. Or yeah, change so on the week, I, I mean. I write it down so we'll still progress it. So, like, if I decide they needed, they need more depth drops, <laughs> and then depth drops is what we're going to wave that week. But then I'll okay. program it. So I'll program in, like, the wave. But then, as far as the kids know, it's, like, random. They're going to do this jump, and then there might be two or three other jump, types of jumps the same day. So, so you'll write down one you want to get done. And then two will be on like what you see or like, yeah. oh, I think they can get it. Like if they didn't get their PR on this jump, let me pick something that I think they're going to PR just for that mental as- aspect. Yes. Okay. I, so, okay. That's what I've been kind of doing. Okay. Because if they're not PRing eventually, like if they go two or three sessions or a week or two weeks without a PR on a jump, like that jumps aren't fun for them. And then I get no effort. Yeah. But if yeah, I see, yeah. okay, this is why that <clears> jump wasn't a PR. <throat> This dumbbell jump, maybe he's fatigued out or he's doing this so the jump wasn't a PR. I'll pick a jump right. that I know he'll probably PR on based on how the dumbbell jump looked. And then I just let him jump until he PRs so that in his head, next time he jumps and it's a, a jump I need him to get better at, I get that effort. 
Yeah. Because <laughs> with the know. kids, it's all effort. They, they're, yeah. not, they're like not yeah. mentally strong enough to, okay, that was shitty. Let me take five minutes and go get a big jump. They don't have that. So if they get a bad jump and they shut down, then it's like I can't improve them at all the rest of the day. Yeah, I don't know how Jared's kids be doing that shit. They just dumbbell jump every day. And he's like, yeah, so now just, they get down or whatever, but oh, well. Yeah, <laughs> bro, I don't but know I how you do that take, shit. I don't, I don't know how long. Like, our sessions are an hour. They're in and out in an hour. So I can't, like, give them five minutes in between or three minutes. Yeah, he set. I think he, he does takes like an hour on his jumps, which is sweet. I wish I could. <laughs> it's not set up like that. For me, it like depends on the kid and then obviously during the season, but or like during the week. So like uh, Anna, one of my volleyball girls, so her last game was this sat or yesterday. So like there'd be days when it was going to be like we get an hour and a half and then some days where we get an hour. So I would kind of pick a jump where I'm like, not only can they quickly, like maybe a box where it's like, all right, you probably can get this in like two minutes but it's like yeah, with right. the dumbbell jumps yeah it's like depending on the day if you ain't got the energy your jumps just start going down so it's right. like maybe if we take more rest maybe you get it but it's like fuck it let's just move on to something else and focus on the accessories because you probably just are missing strength that's probably like because i feel like with the kids it's like you're gonna have that small percentage of kids where they can mentally like overcome when they're tired and you have other kids where it's like no i just got to get you stronger so the mental aspect is basically just taken out because like Right. You're just breaking down. Like you see it in their face. It's like, oh god. All yeah, right, like, he's already quit. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. You could tell when they don't want to be there. So but yeah, when yeah, I do, yeah. I switch. I'll do most our dumbbell jumps on like the upper day and I'll superset it. Say it's like a max effort bench and we got maybe eight sets to work up to a max. Mm-hmm. Um and the warm-up when we do like eight sets, the warm-ups are built into that eight. So Set one might be 135, and you're slowly working up. Hopefully somewhere between, like, six to eight, you you hit a PR. Yeah. I'll have them do their jumps during that rest for the bench. Okay. And I've just seen better progress with that instead of trying to do it before, like, lower body or or as its own lift. But when they're super setting, they almost get, like, a mental break between both the bench and the jump in between. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I've seen more better effort out of them that way. So – on lower body day, let's say for max effort day, do you just not – do you do, like, boxes only and, like, broad jumps and stuff like that? We'll Since do, you're doing the dumbbell jump on the other days? On lower body, yeah, we do some type of box jump or depth drop. And usually, though, we'll start with the sprint, and I'll superset the max effort lift with their speed work. So, like, one-to-one. They might do, like, a like one box squat, and now they got a 10-yard um, resisted sprint. And then after that, we'll do the jumps as almost like the specialty lift. Okay. Now, how many sprints do you give them? And is the sprint always for like a record? <clears throat> uh, yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll wave the sprints when we're inside. We'll wave them either on our extra genie or on like resisted sled sprints. And so we'll go between 10 and 15 yards, depending on where we're at in like the month. Um, and they're trying to hit a record on time, ba- like a new record for that weight. And we'll, mm. uh, the weight's based on like their body weight. We give them a percent of body weight to put on the sled. Okay. What percentage of body weight do you do? I used to do, um, like 30, 35 and 40, but once the sled starts sliding on the turf, that's no longer like 30 or 40%. It's way lighter and they, it's not slowing them down enough to get speed progress 
when I take right. the sled away and test them. So now we, depending on the kid, when they're younger, usually like my kids that are like 13, 12, 11, I don't go heavier than 40% just because they, they can't like keep producing the force for the full 10 yards to right. keep doing it. But our older kids, we wave at 70, 72 and 75%. Oh shit! And I've seen way better progress with that. I I have to send you like a email that I I wrote out with how we wave it, but I've seen way better progress with that across Ooh. the board, every sport. Okay, yeah, I never. I mean, yeah, I usually be using like uh Louis shit, but you know they don't really like all the sprint. Talking about you know you use like uh twenty five for girls, forty five pounds for the for the men, mm -hmm. but like if it's a big kid that's strong, like that ain't nothing. <laughs> no, and kids like short distances too. I bet you it's because Louis take it for longer distances. That probably makes more sense. Yeah, but, but um, for ten yeah. yards, so the ten yard, the kids should be able without the sled get there in like six to seven steps. So with right. the sled, maybe it takes them eight to ten. But so they're not drained. But a lot of my kids don't understand. They have to almost push backward when they're accelerating, not straight up and down. Right. So they take a lot of wasted steps. Well, once I started getting the heavier sleds on there, now they're not changing their, like their strides until 15, 20 yards. Whereas before their first step, they're popping straight up. Right. Because the sled just wasn't heavy enough to, to like hold them down or, or keep that forward lean. And yeah. I kind of took it from uh, the Franco's really big on, he does heavy sled pushes on our turf. Yeah. You can't do the sled pushes cause I didn't glue it down. <laughs> So it kind of <laughs> bubbles up my turf, but the sled pulls work out, work out good. Now, when you do the resistance sled, how often are you going to do contrast? You take away the sled and then do a time, a non-weighted sprint. I think because we go so heavy, they're, like their legs don't catch up because I, I've tried it a few times and I, I just haven't seen good results with it. Mm. So you'll do separate days for either non-resistance yes, or yep. resistance. Now, how often are you testing the non-resistant versus resistant we'll in the do, month of the week? We'll do three weeks of a resisted, and then that fourth week we'll test non-resistant okay. every month. Okay. Who do you, if you do it all, do 5-10-5s with? The 5-10-5 we don't do a ton of. I do more of like, uh, I mean, we might test that once every three months. We, mm. But we'll do to get a more laterally quick, we'll do a lot of like, I'll have them drop off a box and then do a lateral broad jump. Okay. Okay. So they're still getting like that quick twitch or that, that working. It's just the five ten five. I don't know. A lot of the kids have no clue how to do it. And it's such, <laughs> not that it's a waste of time, but it takes so long to set them up and teach them how to do it. Right. I get yeah. more out of them just jumping. laterally. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or uh, what we'll do, I'll have them do like a kneeling, a kneeling sprint. I'll put one kid on the laser, one kid out of the laser, but they're facing each other on a knee. And then they're laterally driving off that knee and opening up into a sprint, racing each other. So they're still learning how to push. I know. We, oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. Okay. I get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. The only problem with me is that I got the damn box shit. So that shit don't work. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to do it on the laser. A lot of the stuff. Yeah. When the kids start fading, because we test the sprint every month, and sometimes, depending if, if the kids had a showcase or my college guys just played six games in summer, even though I tell them not to play summer ball, <laughs> like they're, they're drained. Um, 
and if I see they're just fading out on the time, because sometimes if their times stay the same or, or maybe they're only hitting 80, 85% on their best ever, which is still fine in season, but then I'll take the lasers away for a little bit and they're just racing each other. I can't have them go right. without the laser and without somebody because then I get like bullshit effort. But yeah. if, I, if I have them race somebody, sometimes they might have PR'd. It's just it's not on the clock, so we don't know. But right. a couple of weeks of that, then running's fun again. And I put them on the laser, we'll usually get a record. Yeah, I I gotta find a I, I gotta implement a little bit more of that game action type shit because I always tell the kids it's like whatever you guys get on here in the vert or whatever is not gonna it's the same thing with me going to a meet. You guys, the way you jump and sprint your sport, even when you're tired, is probably better. Even sometimes your best day in here because right. the eyes are watching you. This is for a scholarship. Blah 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 blah. So like. Yeah, especially during the season, it's like, yeah, you may not always PR in here, but you may be PRing in your sport. So it's like, yeah, and that's one thing I try to show the kids too. Like, one of my kids, he he was sick; he hasn't been in for like three weeks. He came in and just tested deadlift because it was testing week. He still wanted to test, even though he hasn't been in for the month. (laughs) So we put him on, and he pulled his best deadlift. I think is like three thirty-five, and he pulled three twenty-five. No yeah. belt or anything, smoked it, but then 335, he was fried. He couldn't break it off the ground. I'm like, Moose, you literally just pulled basically your old max with no belt, barely warming up, and you haven't been in. Like, that's what your baseline now is so much better than two months ago when you started with me. <laughs> so, even though it's not a PR, it's still his, his bottom line now is so much further ahead than where he was. I try to show them that because you're not, I wish you PR every single time, but realistically you won't but if we can drive up your bottom line that's where you actually start getting better at your sport yeah I, I i've also found it's like since i've been doing that brief maximum tension i mean i do it a little bit different than than what jared does but even when they're not PRing, their averages of everything started going up and i'm like that's huge in sport because yeah more often than not you're not at your best and you can't always be peaked because you're playing a team sport Unlike track or weightlifting, you don't get these rent. You know, you don't get to. Oh, I'm gonna compete here and there. No, like you get a three games in in a week. Right. Like if your average is higher, you're now a better athlete. You know, because that means your shittiest day is your old best day. There you go. <laughs> and that's what I tell like my track kids or anyone that like my running backs. I'm like, dude, your 80 percent 40 yard dash is faster than what you were doing <laughs> that summer all out. Like, right. And and so if you and you more than more likely are able to maintain 80% all game. You're not going to be running a hundred percent all game. There's just no way. Right. So yeah, it carries once you could show them that it, like they can find mental wins other ways than just always a PR. I think they get more out of training then. Now with your, do you have kids that only able to come two to three times a week? And for, if you have kids like that, how do you organize the training days? Yeah, so we have a full five, like a five day a week program, a four day and a two day. Damn, we got five days. You got some kids on five. I don't have enough kids right now. That's what it is. I hope we'll get to that point. It grows. <laughs> so our, our five day is if they come, I, I set it up almost like Westside, where you got a max effort upper, a max effort lower. You got dynamic mm-hmm. effort upper, dynamic lower. And then if you're coming that fifth day, we're doing it's a GPP recovery day. Or if for whatever reason they missed one of those four days, then it's like right. that fifth day becomes their makeup. 
Okay. If that makes sense. So I'm not like frying them out, but the ones that come that fifth day and do that GPP, they, oh, they fucking hate the fifth day. But their numbers are starting <laughs> to climb way quicker than everyone else just because their conditioning and their base is going way up. I, I feel like that too because like right now, just because most of the people are in season or I got people that are a little lazy little bastards so they don't want to come in on a fourth day. Like I feel like it's like for me, it's like if I only got so much time, I'm going to do all the shit that we need to do. But yeah. I'm like, I'm always like, damn, we could we could use a little bit more sled, farmer's walk, the skinny kid with no neck, get some neck work, some trap work. That's where you throw some biceps, some more abs, all that little stuff. And I'm like, you could be – I feel like you could be way better, but it's like these kids are so weak. I still got to squat, bench, deadlift, and sprint them. You know, it's like yeah. – and if and that uses it. our hour, they, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> our two-day-a-week. I try to basically just so basically our day a week you're not really getting the 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 dynamic work or like our speed work because okay. two days a week it's like it's hard as hell to get you strong with four days now I have two days to do it I can't <laughs> bench you both days because I'm not going to get effort so I break it up upper and lower but I oh know, you do you I, do two separate two separate but what I do uh. I, so say it's lower I'll throw in a isometric upper movement just one in that lower and then when we come back two days later on the on the upper i'll throw in like an isometric lower what are you doing for isometric upper are you pressing from one pin into the other are you doing just super heavy weight that they can't lift off a pin and then just pressing like how do you how are you doing your iso upper i'll have them press into the pins at diff so we'll do three different okay. heights and three different grips okay what's your times for that i i'll wave it um Usually we start at uh, six seconds. I'll do like three, three by six seconds, and then we'll work up to nine seconds. Okay. Is there any weight on the bar? Or is it empty? Empty. You, you know, my boy Matt went in. He commented on my post when I did like lower. He was like, "You need a little bit of weight on that bar for it to be really effective." But then I was like, Louie always makes fun of people when they ask the question on how much weight's on the bar, and he's like, "None. It's an ISO." But now, now I'm, like, conflicted because I'm like, well, well, which one the fuck should I do? And I, I tried it with the kids, and I don't know about your kids, uh, but I put just a 25 on each side for the sumo ISO. Yeah. And they pull way harder now because there's, like, actual weight. So I, I, there, there may be a thing to it. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I could see it because a lot of the kids hit the pins and they kind of just hang out there. Yeah, they, they, they just chill. So and I, I, I didn't know myself. I tell them, like, if you're not, like, if it's a sumo into the pins, if you're not shaking, I'll make them do it again. Right. There's right, no right, reason right. an eight-second sumo, your legs don't suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I should be shaking on that bitch yeah. three seconds. <laughs> For upper, sometimes we got, like, a chest press uh, uh, stack, weight stack machine. So sometimes I'll put their max on that, have them use their feet to press it halfway, and then take their feet out and hold it so they're fighting a little bit against weight. And weight press stack. What I mean, chest press. What do What do you, you know? Mean? Like, like a chest seated chest press machine. Like the hammer strength shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it, but it's not like plate loaded. It's just a weight stack, so you just move the pin. Okay. And I'll have right. them. You can use. It's got like a little foot plate, so if you're failing on the reps, you could help with your feet. I'll have them. Dang, I've never seen that. Feet, That's pretty cool. Take that away, okay. and then they're holding like halfway from lockout. Okay. And that just has actually helped my kids. I'll put that in the warm-up on Upper Body Day for everyone. It's helped them stay, learn to stay tight and braced on the bench. What, um, when you do your max effort day, now I know this probably changes for sport. Actually, tell me the differences. 
how often, depending on the sport, are they doing one rep maxes? Do some sports do no one rep maxes? And when in the year do they do one rep maxes? And how often are you going between one, threes, fives, twos, whatever? We have only ever worked up to one rep. So I've, I've never had them do like a three rep or a five rep or a two rep max. Really? On, so you only on do one? Yeah, we just work up. So usually I'll, I'll program uh, eight, basically eight sets. And I tell the kids, it should take you between like five to eight sets. If it's over eight sets, you took too long and fucked up your warm up. I'm shutting you down. So by the time you get to your eighth one, you should already be maxing or that should be like your max, one rep max effort. Because then we back off with a lot of my kids. I get the volume in. Um, we'll follow like Prilipin's chart. On the, on the specialty movement, and that's kind of where I'm getting, like, depending on the day, that three, five, six, or eight rep range with heavyweight still. Now, is that with everyone or just football? Because I thought you said in the beginning with volleyball, you do more of the sets of threes and just do, like, two with, brief maximum tension type days. Yeah, uh, for the volleyball, yeah, I, I do, like, maximum. It, with them, it's uh, – I don't even know how I want to like describe it. It's they're not. It's not quite max effort for them. I just I'm making the lift. I'm choosing like the lift that I know is hard for them. But ah, okay. I like I almost need more speed from them, kind of. Right. And then their repetition work later on, like their more bodybuilding style stuff, I program later in the lift. That's where they're pushing more weight for that movement to like get their strength gain. Okay. So, like, now, my, my volleyball okay. girls, really, they only strain or hit, like, a true max effort in their warm-up on the isometric that I have for them. Oh, okay, okay. So, that's, like, that's that's where you get their, quote-unquote, max effort. Well, I mean, but that is, you know, hey, that's your pure max, really. Right. Yeah, and moving. <laughs> them, I get a, like, I can throw them. We have, a like, an eccentric K-box, and I can shorten the rope on that, put the waist harness on them. And I could have them do like an isometric squat or isometric deadlift on that. And okay. For, for them, I get way more effort on that than I would having them do like a three rep max box squat or something. Okay. Now, now let me ask you this. When you did bird search, did that motherfucker show you how to use the K-Box? Because we got a K-Box in my, in my gym. We do not use it because none of us know how to use it. And I'm like, Bird, can you show me how to do it? He's like, yeah, 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 I'm going to show you. And he never showed me, but he tells me how great it fucking is. And I'm like, uh, dude, I don't know how to use it. Sitting collecting dust. My kids, so on our dynamic day, like the volleyball girls, they're always on Nintendo doing some type of like brief maximum tension work. Every right. Day. My other kids, they're only doing that really on their dynamic days. Right. But if I'm not getting effort, I'll, I'm like the box squat or something. I'll take them off that, throw them on the K-Box. And I get what I need out of them. And then I might get a PR on the strip. <laughs> uh, now, where did you crazy. like, where did you get like, um, where did you find like any videos and stuff how to use it? Because I literally like climb on top of the thing. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to do. Like, uh, so because they don't do a good job of doing it. Their website sucks. I don't yeah, think yeah. the product they made. <laughs> <laughs> and Bird will say the same thing. He told yeah. me, that. he's like, they don't know what they created because. Like, they don't use it for speed. Most of them use yeah. it at, like, a home gym. Like, I'm going to do, yep. like, curls on it or, or, like, rehab. But, man, you put 
because it comes with like a K meter, which is basically their version of like a Tendo. It's going to tell you the watts you're doing, the Newtons, the, the effort you're putting into it. So you can hit PRs on it doing like eight or 12 squats for speed. The problem is though with that, you can't do like a three rep or five rep. It's not going to do anything for you because right. it, it works with like that overspeed pulling you down. So you have to get it up to speed before you start counting your reps. Right. Yeah. Well, man, that's magic. That helped my jump a ton. Yeah, he always tells me, he's like, the only time I do any eccentric work is just on the K-Box. Yeah. You can't cheat it. Like, if, they're, if they are cheating it, I can throw a handle on it, and I can make them stand up harder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I, I, if, if you have one, I would definitely start programming it. Or for yourself, like... For me, it doesn't beat me up that much. I don't know if I'm used to it or what, but like you could throw it in on your leg day somewhere and get a ton of, ton of results from it. Shoot, I well, we um, don't have a belt squat. I've even put the harness on in the rack. I've done rack pulls with like a, a barbell and oh, I shit. box on my waist as like my belt squat, if you will. <laughs> um, now for bench. Is the same rules apply? Are you are you one repping the everybody that's basically not football? I mean, everybody that's not volleyball, or is it is it higher rep? Bench will one rep, and then same thing will come back down with a set percentage um, on like their weak points. So if their triceps are weak, I'll probably move their hands in and do it. Might be three sets of close grip at eighty percent for like six reps. Um, or we'll go wide. If or a lot of times we'll do like a pin press up to a one rep max against chain or band. How how many different variations do you use for the squat, bench, or deadlift on the kids? Like especially if they're like younger and not as experienced. Like are you kind of keeping it okay? Like they suck at more lockout, so like we're kind of gonna stick to like floor press, pins, and like board. Or for like everyone, are you sticking more with? Put a straight bar, how often do you vary the bar, all that? We don't vary the bars a ton just because I don't really have a lot of good selection of bars. I wish I did. Um, but, like, if it's squats, we'll vary the box height. And then if it's bent, we'll play around with pauses. I'll wave the different band tension. And then we'll throw in pin presses at different heights every now and then. Board presses I can't do because the kids just, I don't know if they don't pay attention or, or what. I don't trust them to hold the board for each other. I, it's way easier <laughs> for me just to set the pins and say, all right, you're going to this height today. Right. <laughs> um, now, like I was reading in uh, Science and Practice of Sports Training, and they were talking about the different uh, depths for squats. I don't think deads, but they were talking about squats, and they were specifically talking about volleyball and basketball. And, you know, not to be on that Joel Seedman bullshit, but they were talking about, you know, about that 90-degree kind of angle because they were, like, primarily in their sport to produce a lot of force and how they jump is not a lot of times even at parallel. And But they, but they actually went into the amount that you should do of the height. They were, like, percentage, talking about a sport of, like, ass to grass, parallel, just above. And I think for, like, volleyball and basketball, they were, like, it should be, like, 50 to 60% of the time above, 30% of the time at or just below, and then, like, 10% of the time at the grass. And I feel like I'm, I, I do a lot more parallel and probably just below 
right now. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, for a lot of those kids, I feel like maybe I should do a lot more above because if I just do, for the health reasons, do a lot of like um, heels elevated and they're doing like more like well below parallel, like free squatting stuff, they're getting the health standpoint of going low, but they're not going to really ever be that great at squatting below parallel. And they need to be really, really, really strong. So why not do more above parallel work? What's your opinion on that? Let me ask you this. If will above parallel, in your opinion, make their below parallel squat go up or will below parallel make their above parallel squat go up? Below will make their above, which is what happened. Which A hundred percent. So why right. not milk it get one? If they're going below, you know, they're weaker below. Right. So the actual tension of the the damage that's going to be on their body, that strain is technically lower because maybe they squat 300 below instead of 400, which they can squat above, get them strong below with less stress, and then why not just test them above? Okay. That's what I do. So, like, my volleyball girl, I'll wait for every other month. She'll test at parallel. She'll test about an inch above parallel. She just hit 365 yesterday. She's, like, she's pretty strong. But below parallel, she can hit 300. So we'll train. She fucking hates me. I'll do, I'll make <laughs> eccentrics to the low, to like a below parallel box, like a six second eccentric, because I know that's going to cut the weight she's using in almost half, but mm-hmm. it's still going to get the strain I need out of her. And three weeks of that, when we go test that high box again, getting to that depth and exploding off the box, it's easy for her. It's going to feel like she's cheating. So now, you will you when you test the, the volleyball girls are you saying more often than not it's like once a month but still not a one maybe it's like a three rep max two rep max five rep max something like that when so and when above I, when they train i'll do the like a five by three usually sometimes five by five when they're training like for three weeks but that fourth week when we test they're working up to a one rep Okay, okay, okay. So, so like, when I, with anyone, when I talk about, like, testing, we, we test every fourth week. Um, so, every month. Every, everybody's testing up to a one rep max, no matter what. But during the actual, like, training wave, the three-week wave, the volleyball girls are usually doing, like, five sets of three. Everybody else is usually going to be working up to a one rep max, uh, like a true max effort. So, 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 so you kind of do Jared shit. With the volleyball girls, but everybody else, they're they are doing maybe brief maximum tension on dynamic day, yep. but they are doing one day a week where they're hitting. So they're hitting ones, the other four on that Monday day for four all four weeks. But the kind of weaker, less experienced kids are like volleyball type. They're doing it once a week, but they're brief maximum tension twice a week for the other three weeks of the month. Yes. Okay. 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 But I'll still switch it. So like. <sighs> Like Maddie, she just was doing for the past three weeks, two days, eccentric squats to the low box. She hated me. But when I, when we just tested, she went from 305 to 365 now in one month on the high box for a safety squat bar squat. Ooh. So I, I just think if you can – I like the low box even for me, like driving up my squats. I squat a lot less to a 12-inch box with no pad than I do a, like a 16-inch or 14-inch parallel box. But if I'm doing that training, I can throw a lot of bands on because the number on the bar doesn't really matter as long as I'm working up to a true max and sh- like straining myself. 
Right. But then when I take all the band off, all the chain, I go to a parallel box. Now mentally I'm fresh because I know it's going to be higher. It's almost like cheating, but I can move so much more weight. Hmm. And for volleyball, I do agree. Like the kids will never be asked to grasp before they explode up and try to spike the ball in with basketball, any sport. But if you're able to get your hips and your glutes that strong, that low, they're going to be that much stronger when they're in a better position. Right. So I don't think, I don't know why spend that time in their position. I feel like it's almost too specific. If I can get yeah. stronger in a different position, it's still going to carry over higher up. I, I Sometimes it, me, when I read the books, I, like, you know, all the Russian stuff, and stuff I feel like, they're, they were like in the beginning phase of branching out to a lot of the team sports. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes they apply the same stuff like how they would track and field and right. with like elite level athletes compared to team sport people who are number one not as experienced in the weight room and then number two when it comes to like us when we're dealing with like high school and young kids like when it comes to like oh worrying about volume of jumping and not doing this and that was like bro they None of that shit kind of really applies. It's, it's just not the same. It's like you you need a totally different type of book. That's why, I like, I'm, I can't wait for Jared to come out because it's like, man, I can't. Yeah, like, you ain't got to work. These kids don't break. Like, it's just different. Like, <laughs> No, I agree. And the volume of jumping, too, I used to be so hard about, like, yeah, 40, yeah. Jumps, 40 jumps, 40 jumps, jumps yeah. a week. But now, once the kid PRs, they're done. Or once they drop below, like, 80% of their best ever, they're done. Mm -hmm. It might take two jumps, and their jump sucked. All right, you're not jumping today. Move on. We'll hit a different jump later. <laughs> so, What about bands, chains, and free weight? How do you weigh that? And depending on the lift, how do you weigh that? For, like, max effort? Dynamic? Mm -hmm. Max and dynamic. For, so I'll pick a movement based on like where where the kids are weak, and then mm -hmm. say it's a say it's a, like a deficit deadlift. We may stick at that same height for three weeks, but the band tension is going to increase week to week. Okay. Um, and I usually I like to sometimes every, every now and then I will start heavier band and slowly take the band away because after a while, once I get the kids like significantly stronger than where they were at, and that might take three or four months, five months, sometimes they like almost forget what bar weight feels like. <clears throat> so we'll start with heavy band early in the month, slowly strip the bands away. So at the, by like that third week, they might only be working against 40 pounds of band just so they could feel what that bar weight's going to feel like. And then when they max, it doesn't like freak them out when they have 500 <laughs> or 400 pounds in their hand. Um, now for your max effort day for the volleyball girls that you act when you actually test on that fourth week, how often is it squat versus deadlift? Uh, they'll do both. They do both. Oh, now what, how do you choose which one goes first? Usually I'll do the squat first just because for them, I, I will feel the box squat carries over better mm -hmm. and then we'll rest, maybe hit some jumps and then hit the deadlift. And for them, it's almost always 
like the hex bar deadlift. I'll use the sumo deadlift to build their hex bar, but I pretty much just test them on the hex. Okay. Now, with the basically everybody else, like your really strong kids and everything, how how do you uh, wave on max every day for lower the deadlift and the squat? I used to switch. Like, we used to go deadlift one week, squat one week, deadlift, mm. and then test. And then the next month, flip it. So we'll have like two max effort squats, one max effort deadlift that next month. Um, but now I kind of see where they're weak. And then they'll go a whole month just building, if they need more leg drive, the squat. And then, or if their back's weak and I need to get their glutes up, whatever, then we might just go that whole month of deadlifts on the max effort. And I've seen better numbers doing that instead of switching back and forth. Now for your baseball players and your football players, what is the ratio between hex bar deadlifts to sumo deadlifts? Uh, I only have, all, all our guys have only sumo deadlifts. And then every now and then, we will do like a conventional rack pull and I'm trying to for volume, just trying to build up their glutes and their low back a little bit, but they'll mm-hmm. never hex bar. Why, why is that? I just, for my baseball guys, I don't feel like they get in that position that often. And then my football True. guys, if I'm going to hex bar, I'd almost rather have them do like a safety squat bar, low box squat or something instead. What made you decide that? Instead of the hex bar, I I feel yeah. like the box squats for my football guys carry over more into <clears throat> their acceleration than yeah. the hex bar does. And then for my baseball guys, I'd rather have them build up more lateral force than where as the hex bar, I don't feel you get a lot of lateral force out of it. And like right. just a lot of them cheat it so it is almost more it hits your erectors still, but it's more of like a like a squat or like a hex squat. Yeah, so that's yeah. why I have the football guys. If if that's like a weak point on them, I'll go a close stance, safety squat, box squat, and that's going to hit their erectors or like their low back just as much almost as the hex bar, but they'll still get better results in acceleration, I, I feel. I could be wrong. I just – that's how I feel with it. No, that, 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 that's what I – I sometimes just make – allow them – I don't get to – I don't really have any – like right now I have no football guys right now. Like I have two that are in season that, of course – won't train until the season's over. <laughs> but uh, still, like, I sumo deadlift probably, I want to say, like, 75% of the time compared to trap bar. Yeah. But I will do trap. Like, we have the kabuki one. Oh, so yeah. I kind of like using that because it's like they get the grip work because the fat grip on it. Yeah. And just to change it. But, yeah, like, I value the sumo deadlift way more because I feel like the trap bar deadlift's too close to a squat. But sometimes, especially with my kids, they get into a bad position where they're making their back do all the work. Yes. So I'm like, well, if it's super close to squat, I'll just squat. And yep. if I want more deadlift, the best one's going to be the sumo. Um, so it's like, yeah, I just I don't do it as much. Um, but I do like I do like to do it sometimes that I feel like they can get an overload because they're the trap bar to me becomes really easy if you know how to sumo right, you know. Um, what about medicine ball? Used... Oh, oh, sorry, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, 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 you go, you go. The one thing I've programmed somewhat consistently with the hex bar, we would do based on their deadlift, I would take a percent mm-hmm. and do like a drop. So they're holding it, 
they would drop and almost catch themselves just before they hit the ground. And then they're doing a hold. And I waved it for a three, a six, and like a nine-second hold over the three weeks. We did that for a few months because a lot of my kids were – they weren't understanding that when they jump, I need them – the faster down, the higher they're going to come up. And we did those. And the carryover that I saw when they jumped, all of a sudden, it's not like they're slowly lowering themselves on the jump. They were actually like oh. into it and exploding up. That actually – I actually – have to bring that back in i almost forgot about it <laughs> if they don't play basketball if uh, to me it, it looks like like they all do that shit yeah like they got <laughs> it's like, like i want them to drop down catch themselves and explode but most of the kids when they're trying to learn to jump it's like they have to pull themselves down yeah yeah it's because you know what it is i think just any sport besides basketball you're not kind of really constantly jumping and basketball you got to think it's like no other sport, like, just think of, like, rebounding, where you're going to jump five times in a row before you stop. Right. So, like, you got to be quick. Like, you can't – you have to get – learn to go down fast and come back up. Yeah, you have to learn to almost, sh- like, shut that muscle off, let it relax, and then just right snap away again. reverse yeah. it, snap. And a lot of the kids don't know how to do that. But that – those drops did help a lot. Now, with that, like, what percentage are you using off their max? Uh, we waved it 30, 35, and then 40%. Not too heavy, but, like, heavy enough. I mean, your, their hamstrings and their glutes and everything, they were sore as hell the first month we did it. And and what is the sets, reps, and time of the hold? We would do a three. So, sets, um, we did five sets, just one rep, though. And then we would hold on the first week three seconds, next week six, and then the last week they were holding for nine. But then As we, you increase the weight. Yeah. And then we would do superset that on the jump mat so they could, like, take the, that field and then go right to the jump mat and try to come down just as fast. Well, I'm taking that. I'm taking that, bitch. Yeah, let me much. know how it works. <laughs> you have to get, maybe do it for, like, two months because it takes them a little bit to figure out. Right. But started figuring out almost, like, free-falling with the weight. And you could tell when they're catching it. It's going to make, like, that sound of the plate smack in the bar. But you stop it right before it hits the ground. And if they're staying tight, once they go jump, like they learn how to shut down and then turn their, their legs back on it to like reverse it. Now. So, so is all they're doing is they deadlift it up and then they go down as fast as they can right before it touches the floor and then holding it. Or are you talking about literally like letting go of the bar and then catching it? Letting go without letting go of that mate. Like, like so loose it in your hands a little bit. So it's like on your fingertips and then you got to, yeah, and you're you're dropping your body and the weight at the same time, same time. And catching it before it hits the ground. I can okay. send you a video of it if you want. Now, are you using big plates or small plates? Because, you know, like, if you use big plates, you ain't got that much time to quickly catch it. You know what I mean? Are you, uh, are you using I, big use, bumper plates? Yeah, we use big bumper plates. And they didn't have a lot of time, but it's, like, it's enough because you're going from, like, standing tall. And by the time you catch it, you're probably at, like, a three-quarter right, squat okay. deadlift. But that's where I want them when they jump almost anyway. Right. So they're, the tension that they're getting there and, like, learning how to drop that quick, it, it helped a lot of the kids. So you would, you would sprint and then you would superset this with your jump mat jumps? Yeah. Or, so we would either, depending on – some days it might have been, like, a max effort squat as their main movement, and this was, like, the specialty lift, like, the secondary lift for that day. Right. 
And then, but yeah, that's... that would superset a with the jump, just okay. so they could carry into the jump right away. I didn't want them to forget how that felt. Now, would you do that on dynamic day or max effort day? That we actually did both. We did both days for, and I did it for two months. Okay. How much uh, connective tissue work do you guys do? You know, band chairs, push downs, band and leg curls, all that. We do. We'll do that every single warm up, every day. And the what do you do for your warm-up? The warm-up, I'll usually have some type of isometric work. If it's mm -hmm. a lower body, we'll probably put in some type of, like, reverse hypers, either single leg or double leg. Okay. Um, and then it may be groiners, good mornings, um, and some type of explosive, like a medicine ball work. Or, like, a, a plyo, but not jumps. I don't put, like, the jumps in the warm-up, but it might be um, – like a plyo throw over your head. So you're just waking up the hips, popping the hips and throw the ball at the wall. How much and when do you do reverse hybrids? It switches. We do them in the warm up, and but for the warm up, it's fairly light. I'm just trying to loosen everybody up and we'll do anywhere between like 10 to 20 reps. And that could be single or double leg, depending on the day. Then I sets for that. What was that? What are the sets for that if it's the warm up? Three to four sets. Okay. I We only program it in as like an actual main lift every now and then when I feel like the kids' low backs and glutes. Like when I see them box squat and their back's kind of rounding and tucking and they can't stay tight on the box anymore or their right. back starts to round right away when we're trying to break the, the bar off the floor on deadlift, then I'll program it in. So this past month we had – um, okay. we waved at 15, 20, and then 25 reps – and we were at 40% of their deadlift max on the hyper. But I made them go slow and controlled. I didn't want it swinging fast. Yeah. Now, how, how often – now, you said it's only when they're back rounds, but do you ever, because of that, do good mornings or the 45-degree hyper instead? Or are you kind of doing both in the workouts? Like, We'll do both. So the 45 degree hypers in a lot. And that will do a lot of times we'll do that single leg. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll switch their stance up a little bit. Good mornings. I don't do a ton of because yeah, <laughs> the kids I get in, they just, well, I can't get <laughs> it's like a waste of my time getting them to even set it up. <laughs> like it will take them 30 minutes to do it because they do suck. But and but they they just don't put in the work I need on it. So we'll do the like the back extensions instead, and we push those kind of heavy. Like I I'll have some of them with the hundred pound dumbbells going single leg on it. Ooh, single yeah. leg. But we'll, on those though, so those we'll do a lot of isometric work on actually too. Okay. And we'll play. What with is your time for that? Uh, we'll work up. We'll wave it. Anything from. Three seconds, sometimes we'll go up to 10 seconds on a single leg hold for that. But anytime we're doing like that stuff, it's going to be one rep each side. Oh, okay. Beca for ISOs. Yeah. And they, they hate them, but they work. Now, how do you, for your reps and sets, you know, for, like, because you do a lot of football kids, but basically all my kids – have the body like they play volleyball. So it's like they ain't got no damn muscle. How do you decide between the higher volume and more strength work 
the mixture of the both? Like, how do you go between them for, for that? Um, that's where I use, I'll use Prilipin's chart because I feel like he's got the perfect mix of if you're hitting those sets and reps and the forms the way I want and stuff, I'm still getting the strength where if it might be three sets of six reps, which isn't a ton of volume, but if you're hitting it the way that I program and I need, you're still getting that hypertrophy work because of the strain it's putting on the muscle. And then same thing for the strength. So I, I almost always will try to use his chart to give the program like my accessories. So like dumbbell work, sometimes we'll go from like whatever the max is, max bench variation, and then their specialty lift. And then we'll follow it up with either like a dumbbell incline or a decline bench. And that's where we're using his chart and the percents to, to get like that hypertrophy we need. What about uh, medicine balls? Where are medicine balls in your program? The medicine balls, I'll sometimes put, if it's an upper day, I'll have the kids, one of the kids stand on a box and drop the ball to the guy laying on the floor. He's got to catch it, reverse it, and throw it as high as he can right away. Um, mm. My baseball guys, a lot of times I, I have them sprint at the wall, rotate, and just throw it at the I've wall seen that as, one, yeah. as hard as they can. Um, and that I will put in between their max effort work. almost So almost like um, contrast method, but right. not quite. So if they're not baseball, do you do a lot of it? I'll do um, more so the med ball throws where they're laying on the ground catching it. Or in the warm-up, they'll bend over, pull the ball to, like, their chest or their belly, and then they're slamming it, like, chest pressing it into the floor as hard as they can. We'll do that in the warm-up a lot for everybody. But running at the ball, mostly I just do my baseball guys with that. Okay. For the – do you guys have inverse curl? No, I got like the little foot roller we put on the wall in the oh, okay. box, and then we'll use a band that's anchored to the wall as like the inverse curl weight. Okay. So, so we'll do a lot of Nordic curls for the kids that I have strong enough to do them. Um, now for hamstring work, how much do you do hamstring work versus quad work? Does it depend on the kid, or do you still kind of do more hamstring than quad no matter what? I do mostly hamstring work. We do put quad work in every workout for the lower body, but most mm-hmm. of that is like a split squat ISO. Okay. Some what the, is, what's the time for that? For that, we won't. We don't really go over ten seconds, but I'll usually go like six, eight, ten, and we'll wave it that way throughout the the month. And then for um for the hamstrings, which like what is your biggest exercise you think you use more than anything else? We do a ton of, like, banded hamstring curls, but mm. that's more of, like, the soft tissue work. And, right. Uh, but we'll do a lot of – we'll do – I program them as Nordic curls, but not everyone can do them. So mm. some of the kids, I'm able to have them either use a light band, and that helps, or I'll let them start on the floor, use their hands to push off. But not even all my kids can do that. So whoever can't do that, then I'll put them on the lying hamstring curl. And But then their reps are more. So, in my opinion, five reps is hypertrophy on a Nordic curl. It will eat mm-hmm. you up. But if right. you can't do that, then you're going to the leg, the hamstring curl like the machine, and you'll do, depending on the kid, 12 to 15 reps on that. Do you ever do um, – do you guys have a GHD? Not at the gym. I, I can't figure out where to put it. I just have it at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, 
Well, I guess on the Nordic too, like, have you ever, well, you said like you do just the concentric only. Have you ever tried just like putting more like uh, those like yoga blocks in front of it so they do partials? Yeah, we do. So I'll put uh, like our foam boxes in front of it. Right. Um, yeah. A lot of the kids, they can, uh, not a lot. I probably have like five kids that can do actual Nordics and I give them like weight, like five, 10. So one kid can do like 25 pound plate. So I'll have them do that. The kids that can't, they might be kneeling on like an 18-inch box, and I'll put a 24-inch box in front of them so their chest goes to that, and then they pull that up. Now, do you, uh, like what Bird, he always tells me something, he's like, some of my highest jumpers are like twig sticks. What Do you do? You feel the same way? Like some of them you don't push, like, hey, you need to eat more, do this, do that, like, uh, you know, Austin made a main athletic. When yeah. we were at the West Side Drift, he was like, I don't take any kids unless they're willing to get on a diet. I said, damn. Because <laughs> I got a lot of kids, I'm like, bro, I don't even try to bother. But, like, do you do you do something in the middle, or do you just don't even worry about that and just try to, like, prioritize what you guys actually do in the gym? We – so I – for the kids that train the full – our full program, the four-day – four to five-day, I mm-hmm. offer performance, like, macro plan. And mm-hmm. they come in, they'll weigh in one day a week. They're not allowed to weigh in at home. They weigh in, and then I'll adjust their macros and their calories for the week based on their goal. Okay. But as soon as they miss and they didn't track, because I can look at the app that I set them on and look at every single day. If they didn't track, I give them a warning. If they come back and <laughs> That's probably pretty smart. <laughs> That's a waste of my time, right? Like if you're, yeah. oh, right, I weighed in at 180 today, if their goal is to get there at like 185, 190, and then, okay, let me see your app. I'll adjust it. And I look and they didn't track anything. Like, you're lucky if I let you work out today. You're wasting my time. Don't <laughs> fucking wait if you didn't. <laughs> right. <laughs> it pisses me off, man. So a lot of my college guys, I can be a lot more mean to them because they're older and they can take it. And I'll still yeah. tell them, if you come in like this again, I'm not going to train you. And <laughs> they get back on it and start seeing results. The younger kids, I just get their parents a text because the parents are the ones paying. I'll tell them, hey, Johnny's not tracking today. Like, if he doesn't track this week, I can't help him. <laughs> and then they get right. But <laughs> after two times of them not tracking, now I know, like, you like the idea of being 180, but you're not doing <laughs> work, so I'm not going to do the work for you. Right. So, I mean, we um, used to provide protein for him and stuff, too, but they weren't tracking, so I stopped doing that. Yeah. Now, how, many, how, how much yardage do you guys have inside the facility again? We have we can run about it, it's wall to wall about twenty five a little bit over. What's the longest sprint you actually do inside? <clears throat> fifteen yards because I need I okay. need like that ten yard to slow down. But we can only do the fifteen resisted. If it's not, they're gonna splat on the wall. <laughs> right. Um. So like, do you use more of the fifteens for like your football guys because they actually gotta get tested in the forty? Uh no, I use it for the um. For everyone because I want them to stay in their acceleration phase a little bit longer a lot of the right. kids I'll start with them like when I start get a kid and we start their first two maybe three steps and then they're straight up and down vertical once we right. for a little bit I'll get five yards eight yards maybe ten but my goal is to get them like if I can get them to lean them forward and push them back a little longer like 10 to 12 now I know when I take that weight off we're going to have a better angle so we try to we, we go 15 with everyone if, if I can. Uh, is there, how, 
how much sprinting do you do in season versus off season? It depends on the kid. Some of my running backs, I can't run them much in season at all because they're too banged up. So mm-hmm. we do speed squats um, if it's like their dynamic day and jumps. And, I'll, and then we'll do like the isometric and hamstring work and just trying to maintain them. But if I if they're recovered, or or like one of my running backs, I I could hardly train him. We come and he do arms most of the time, and then some specialty movements. But then some days he feels really good. First thing we're doing is sprinting. Okay. Or I in season it depends on the kid. Like in season, some of my baseball guys, it comes to testing week, and I put them on like a rep method instead because they're just too burnt out. I know they're not gonna hit hit their max. Right. So, uh, um, what about ab and oblique work? How much is that? How often? Uh, every session. So I break it up. Okay. I try to do break it up as like upper ab movement, lower ab movement, oblique work twice. Okay. And then, um, what about like recovery stuff? Like, what do you tell them to do? Do they do stuff after the session? You try to get them to just do stuff at home. Uh, I try. So everyone that will listen and track their food, I tell them, number one, you got to track your food and you got to sleep. If you're not doing, if you're not sleeping and you're not tracking your food, you're not going to be recovered at all. And I can't do a lot for you. But I also tell them like my workouts aren't, we're not bodybuilders. I'm not trying after the first two weeks, unless I throw in a new movement or something, you're not going to be like crazy sore. Maybe we'll put in a new variation and you feel it back there because you haven't moved that way. But they're not really too banged up from like my sessions. So I just tell them the importance of sleep, eating, and then hydration. Um, how do you deal with like the kids that want to do, do the ladders or the Olympic lifts and shit? I just, I ask them what sport they play and (laughs) baseball. I say, okay, do you want to kick a fucking soccer ball? Is that going to help you throw faster? <laughs> yeah. They laugh and say no. I'm like, exactly. Cleans aren't going to help you either. We're not going to train another sport in here. <laughs> now, so what are they saying? Well, why do we bench? So, my volleyball girls, I have a couple D1 girls. And, like, I'm not going <clears> to <throat> talk bad about their coaches because I don't want them going to college with a bad mindset of their strength coach because they right. got to be all bought in and all in if they want playing time. Yeah, so I'll tell them they're like worried. Oh, I've never cleaned before. I don't know. I'm like, look, we're going to build up your squat and that's going to make your front squat stronger. The last month you're here, we'll program front squats and we'll see what your max is. I'll tell you roughly what you'll clean. And then sometimes we'll just clean up their form on clean a little bit right before they go so that they don't feel like they've never done it. Right. Other than that, I'm just, if I get them strong, if they squat box squat 300 and the strongest girl on their team hits 185, they're probably going to have a higher clean than them when they go and test. (laughs) So that that's kind of what I explained to them. And like my girls, I put one girl I had for one month, her vertical went up four inches. Coach can't believe. Well, I'm like, once your coach sees you jump, he's not going to be mad that you don't clean. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And and it's like the same day. He was like shocked that she came back jumping high. She's a senior. He's like, how did you jump higher in one, like in summer than you have the past three years with us? (laughs) Mm-hmm. And it's just <laughs> don't work so that's what i tell them they all laugh about it once they see why but and once they start doing the dumbbell jumps enough they they, they buy in a lot more yeah what about uh overhead pressing how much do you do that and then who gets to use it and how often i do so we'll do like z presses where they're yes. on the ground, legs spread out 
or like our own version where they're sitting on a box, but there's no back support. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'll play with their legs either out. So just their heels are on the ground or I'll let them bend the legs, get a little more brace. Okay. I do that a lot with our volleyball girls because like overhead and spiking the ball. And then our yeah. baseball guys will Z press because I feel it gives them better mobility. Um, if, if they don't have a lot of mobility back there. Okay. What do you, what do you tell parents that are like, Oh, I don't, I, I don't want to have my kid bench pressing. They play baseball or volleyball or whatever. What do you tell them? I tell them most coaches think that bench press, they're like afraid to bench press because they don't know how to teach it. Yep. And then I tell them once I, I, I just tell them the different versions of bench we do will limit the range of motion. They're not going to right. get hurt. And when I teach them how to, I build them up in their back and teach them how to brace. I tell them <laughs> their velocity is going to go up and their shoulder health is actually going to be better when we build everything up around it. Um, because of the damage your arms taking when you throw our pitchers, I mean, they take a ton of force when they throw. So if I can build up that pack and get everything more stable, they're going to throw harder and not get hurt. What do you, uh, oh, damn, I sure I was about to ask. Oh, how do you ever do like uh direct network shrugs and all that stuff? And maybe even biceps with your, with your football players. And how often is that? Or is that like maybe on your GPP day? Uh, GPP will throw in arms. And then I'll try to, if we throw in arms, mostly it's going to be triceps. Right. Because the kids don't hit them enough. And then if there's time, I'll program in. Maybe it's a hammer curl or like an easy bar curl, something like cable curl towards the end, just because I know they like it and it pumps Mm -hmm. them up. Um, But we'll throw in shrugs probably once a week but that might be on like the war wagon where they're doing like wheelbarrow shrugs they'll do the shrug i like the most i'll have them hold like uh the post to the squat rack and kind of lean their body away from it a little bit and then that outside hand i have them shrug and i i feel like they get a better range of motion and they're not able to cheat it as much wait so so you so they they hold the post of the outside of the rack with one hand they lean out and and they have a dumbbell and then they're Shrugging. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I've only seen it on side lateral raises, like you know, bodybuilders like doing that shit. Just like yeah, picture that same, but now with the shrug, because they're mm. able to actually fully like depress their scap and everything, and then come mm. back up with a better range of motion. Whereas when they're when I, I say I put a dumbbell in each hand, like I'll get them leaning forward or rounding or using their legs, but when they're leaning like this, they you can't do any of that. So, okay. I I like those a, a lot. And then we'll do like farmer carries or something, but I'll make the kids shrug up and hold their back tight when they're going mm. down back on the turf. Oh, okay. What about um, calf work? When and who actually does it? The, uh, I do calf work with just someone like my kickers or, or punters. I have two of them and they'll do some calf work. And then if kids have like an ankle sprain or they're banged up, we do it. But I don't do a lot of direct calf work. Because I feel like from our sprinting and our jumping, the calves are getting hit enough. Hmm. But I will say on our ISOs, we do like that front foot, the heels elevated a lot. So it's getting almost like an ISO hold on the calf. And the, and we do that just to help build up and stabilize the ankle. Okay. Um, but um, I don't do many like calf raises. Okay. What about, uh, what about tibia raises? No, we don't do really any of that either. Okay. Um, what about tempo runs? When or 
if any, during the year, do you guys do that? And who does it? I haven't put those in yet. Oh, I'm thinking why? it's just so hard just because of, like, our space and stuff. I, I can't do right, right, right. a lot of the stuff. I'd Y'all like. don't have, like, a woodway or anything like that? No. No, okay. How, how many square feet is your gym? 3,200. Um, 3,200, yeah. But 1,000 of that is, like, is our offices, and then the rest is the gym space. Right, yeah. Yeah, you ain't putting no damn woodway in that bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I need a you hill. Ever, you need the hill, you said? You yeah, need I need a hill. hill. Yeah, yeah. Bird loves that hill. He loves the hill. I want to get a 1080 <laughs> and see what I could do with the kids in a short distance over speed training. Because I've done it with bands. And I, shoot, I've even put myself on the other end of the extra genie and I sprint and pull the kids. But I can't do that all for 16 hours. <laughs> what is it? Now, what is an extra genie? What the hell is that? So. I'll have to send you a picture. Basically, it's like a it's a rope, double-sided. You pull mm-hmm. one end all the way down, and then the other one, it, it uh, you adjust the weight. It's like friction on the rope. So instead of pulling the sled, you can set it. I think it goes up something crazy, like nine, 700 or 800 pounds or something insane. You'll never max it out. But pounds, and it's different than the sled because it's friction on the rope. So every step is that 10 pounds you're pulling it's almost like every step is a new start so if you're four oh i know 10 pounds somebody won't send go me nowhere. This, yeah strong and be using this machine yeah, i know yeah, what yeah. this is but yeah yeah yeah, yeah for yeah, sprints it's um you could cut the rope down good but it's harder than we put that in because it's harder than the sled the sled once you get two or three steps it starts moving right. with you the extra genie every single step the start so is it because there's no Kinetic energy, is that right? I don't know. It's like it's not <laughs> up. So if you're not pushing straight back and really driving, like there it doesn't glide when you run. So yeah. every time you go, it's like a new like jerk back almost. All right. Yeah, and for the kids, they don't know how to apply the force, so they really need that something like that. Yeah, and it it works good. <clears throat> um but, but I'll I'll do that for like three weeks and then we'll get back on the slope. Hmm. So um what what are you, what are your goals? Are you, are you trying to get into a bigger space eventually? Yeah, our lease is up here um, in May, so we're currently looking at a space that we can not too far from here, but a space that we could basically have two gyms: one for my personal training and sport performance, and then one for my wife to run classes all day, so that we don't have okay. to split time. Because right now, like, and you know, in in fitness, like this, hot times for training, and then there's dead dead times or down hours right so we're trying to split it and then she'll have basically her own gym to run classes all day and then i'll have mine yeah yeah then you're not in the way because soccer moms can't be in the way the kids screaming trying to yeah right it's imp- I, I can't mix the kids with like the adult <laughs> it just would never work <laughs> um so that's all that's all the questions i have for you anything else you want to say uh, no, I appreciate you you having me on. I'm glad we could make it work. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so just tell everybody where they can find you and, you know, any details about your business and everything. Yeah, you guys can find <laughs> us at bodyperformance.com. That's B-A-T-T-I performance.com. Um, you can reach me at 815-614-0769 or email bodyperformance18 at gmail.com. Um, if you have any questions, message me, and I'd, I'd love to get back to you. All right, man. Pleasure having you on. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a good one. <laughs>
All right, you too. Well, that's all she wrote for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. As you see, Coach Batty is very, very knowledgeable. You know, another Bird Sports Performance uh, certified coach. I'm telling you, the certifications, the bangers. If you ain't got it, get it. Um, as always, like, subscribe, share, leave a review. Um, if you haven't already reserved your spot for the annual conjugate seminar that I'll be having again here at my job, The Rack, on December 11th and 12th, you can hit the link in my bio for my link tree on Instagram. You know, that's K-A-L-I-L underscore S-H-E-R-R-O-D. $20 for Zoom, $30 for in-person. Both those rates are for both days combined. So you're only paying 30 for both days or 20 for both days. Uh, remember, for those who purchase the in-person, we'll get a special discount on an item I will be releasing very soon. You guys are really going to enjoy this one. Um, if you have, if you're a coach or know a coach that you would like to have on the podcast, just have them shoot me a DM. If you're a player or a coach that has any questions, shoot me a DM. All right. That's all she wrote. Remember, stay clean. Peace.